Welcome to the Creation Grounds Podcast, where we break down the success, habits, and the life of people in creative fields, discover how they've gotten to where they are, what they aspire to be, and how you can live your dreams too. Let's get to the show. Hey, Emmett, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, brother. It's good to hear you. Same here. It's Aaron, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see the, the different spelling more to make sure. Yeah, it's two R's. My mom made me a little unique, but it's all good. Wrong with that. So, so welcome to the Creation Grounds. We're very excited to have you. We're Thank just going to dive right in. How about you tell us about your upbringing in Florida? Okay. Well, that's kind of that's kind of complex. I try to summarize it. Yeah, I, I, I was born in the uh, Polk County area. It's a very country. Most people in the world never heard of it. Uh, Bartow, Florida. I grew up uh, my younger years in a place called Winter Haven slash Haines City, Florida, Dan. Me and my mom, dad, my sister and brother, we moved to a place called Clearwater, Florida. Uh, then eventually a place called Largo, Florida when I got to high school. Uh, pretty solid upbringing. I guess you can call it the, as most people say, the hood, but kind of like a good times, 90s, 80s version. You know, dad worked hard, mom worked hard. But, you know, one of the typical environments, you know, drugs and, and, and violence on the outside. But our home was like the safe haven. Um, from that, a lot of kids from the neighborhood would come to our home, and um, as a place of peace, because a lot of them they come from like ideal families. So um, it was just an interesting and unique uh, upbringing. Um, great education, supportive mom, supportive dad. Um, always involved in sports. Um, always liked the arts, but couldn't afford to do it growing up. Uh, that pretty much so sums it up. With the uh, with the arts, growing up in the in the hood or unsavory areas did that help you develop a passion for acting um um i think i think it did um because i went to predominantly white schools my whole life so you know you had you grew up in a predominantly uh black area but you go to like and i got a really good education i should say so just i guess you know in acting how you got to have these different personalities and different layers so i was always around my friends and and uh, i got to understand their experiences and seeing just the different activities and what people went through and suffered through and then to go where I went to school at and to see the type of life they live because I had these different kind of sets of friends. I had the upper middle class friends. I had the poor friends. I had the white friends. I had the black and Hispanic friends. So I think it did help me. And just seeing the struggles of my parents and how hard uh, they had to work, some of the things I had to endure to survive, some of the mental games I had to play, some of the masks I had to wear, I think did help me. And um, did that give you a hunger to then go study business that you wanted to succeed, seeing how your parents struggled, wanting to help them out, make a better life for them? Uh, yeah, that that was part of it. Part of it was I was I was playing football. Uh, I really just I wanted to be a football player. Obviously, that didn't work out. And uh, I was one of the first people in my family to go to college. I didn't know what career to really pick, um, but I was like, you know what? I know if I could possibly start a business or get into business like you said I could probably become entrepreneur and help my family out um, help to get out of the situation that they was in so that was part of it yes and how does business uh, help your acting career if at all um, oh, it definitely does uh, just knowing the basics of just marketing um, marketing strategy um, networking um, just knowing how to kind of promote myself in a sense uh, just knowing how to, just just knowing that they're, just having the basics in, in business 
um, helps me to understand that there's a business side to acting. Like, yeah, you have to be a good actor, which I'm still working on, but you have to understand that this is a business and it's about numbers. It's about a profit. It's about revenue. Um, it's about just so many different things. Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. I forgot what I yeah, was saying. Yeah, that all made a lot of sense. Um, so coming from the background where you come from, you've definitely persevered. You've definitely gone through a lot and you've definitely overcome a lot. Um, so you have to be a pretty confident individual. Uh, what would you say are the three principles to confidence? How would you break it down? Um, but you know what? I got to say, I'm not that. I've, I've actually struggled uh, with my confidence a lot. There's been some uh, ups and downs. Um, but 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 what I learned is, at least with me, um, repetition and being prepared go hand-in-hand hand for confidence with me. You know, there's some people who, that's why in football I was known for my work ethic, like I got awards for hardest worker, I was the last one in the weight room, because I actually struggled with my confidence. I believe if I was the most prepared, that's what gave me the advantage. You know, you know, you meet plenty of guys who don't have to do much, you know, think they have to do, and they still feel like gods in their head. Me, I think preparation and confidence go hand-in-hand. Hand. The more prepared you are, the more confident you're going to be. So the more prepared I am, the more confident. Like when I'm studying my lines and studying the script, I do it at nauseum, like over and over and over until I'm living it and breathing it. Then I'm supremely confident. But if I haven't had the time to prepare like I want, um, like I'm, I'm, I can't lie, I'm a little kind of on edge. Right. So are you, in terms of preparation, is that just all research-based or just going over your lines over and over again, like you said? Um, well, no, um, it's going over the lines, but it's also research-based. It's uh, trying to find that that kind of thing in the character that I can relate to and connect to and kind of going back into my past or some of my experiences. That's why I think it's kind of fortunate that I kind of grew up in the world I grew up in, had experiences I've had, been able to travel, things like that. Because you know how it is. You, met so many, you meet so many different people. You have so many different um, connections you had in life. I try to personalize, you know, the role as much as I can. And if I have to, I do go do the research, read books, read articles. Now, fortunately, we've got YouTube, stuff like that. So uh, it's a lot that I try to put into it. So it's paid off, man, because you booked Atlanta, Donald Glover's brainchild. And um, so tell us a little bit about Atlanta and your character of Ahmed White. Okay, yeah, Ahmed White is... To me, and, 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 the, and the way that went, to me, that was just fate, man. To me, that was just like God, divine intervention. Because when I saw that script, I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know who Donna was at a particular time. Because um, I'm into hip-hop, but uh, I, I heard of Childish Gambino, but I was like, you know, I, 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 I didn't know much about him. So I'm like, okay, I did some research. I'm like, wow, this is a really sharp guy. But anyway, I get the script. I started reading it. Now I'm a huge fan. I listen to his music all the time. I've watched all the interviews. I didn't know he was such a phenom, you know. But I look at the script, and I immediately connected with the character. I was like, holy crap. I'm like, this is this is me, because I write a lot of poems. I used to rap. Uh, so And I'm all, my friends always joking with me. they always like, oh, Amy, do you think you're some type of philosopher? You know, you're always trying to, <laughs> you know, spit knowledge to somebody. Who do you think you are? So when I read it, I'm like, minus the bite the sandwich part, I'm like, Whoa, this is this is kind of like something I would write or say, and and I really felt it. I was like, this is perfect. I'm like, I'm not. I don't even have to act. And when I did the audition, uh, the girl taping me to se- doing the self tape, and we had done like 50 auditions before that, and she had never 
ever, she always said good job, whatever, but she made, made her business to send me an email. And she was like, I mean, that was the best audition you ever done. It felt so real. I mean, you were so present. I mean, that was unbelievable. And I felt it too. I, I felt lost in the, in the, in the script. I mean, it's hard to explain, but I was like, man, these, I don't even have to act. So I was like, it was like fate. I was like, I felt like I had that role. I honestly did. It's the, one of the first roles in my life. I was actually just waiting on them to tell me I got it. Like I thought that in my head, honestly, I was like, when are they going to call me, man? I was like, nobody, nobody did better. I know they did. I was like, come on, when are they going to, sure enough, bam. I was like, wow, I, I really got it. And then when I got on set, he was like, yeah, man, we just did an excellent job. You know, we saw it in your, we could just see it in your eyes that you really believe. I was like, wow, holy crap. But Amar White, to, to get, answer your question, to me, this is my interpretation. You know how art is, you know, everybody has their uh, own interpretation. Um, but to me, he's like that philosophical um, kind of, I don't know if you've ever been on, you ride public transportation a lot? Oh, all the time. I'm in New York, man. Okay, okay. This is what I connect Amar White to. And he's like that guy in the hood to me, that, uh, that kind of, that guy who, he talks good stuff. Like, I don't know if you've ever met those guys who kind of, public transportation in the hood, they're smart. Maybe they've been to jail or maybe they, they're self-educated. So it's like a, it's smart, it's intelligent, they make some sense, but you can tell at any given moment they can snap. You know what I mean? Like any given moment they can go left field. Right, right. right. Like any given moment. So you kind of pins and needles, but you're trying to stay calm because you don't want to set them off. But you're like, wow, this guy's really saying some stuff I really need to hear. But man, I, he's freaking crazy. Like that's, and that's what I get from a Ma White. That's what I think the Ma White character is. He's that guy like, wow, you know, he's he's pretty smart, but I want to get on his bad side. You know, like he makes a lot of sense, but I don't know if I should take him too serious. So in terms of that moment, that bite the sandwich moment that you brought up earlier, tell us about that moment and what you think it means, if anything, in terms of the philosophy. Um, a lot of people, I saw a lot of comments online and they were saying like, they, they think the actual literal biting the sandwich is going to do something magical. I don't think so. I think he's just trying to show people in life that life don't always go as planned. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to expect the unexpected. Like, what I was saying before that wasn't really crazy. You know, let the path push you like a broken branch in the river's current. Like, let life take you sometime is basically what Amal White was saying. But then at that last minute, I'm like, hey, yeah, bite this sandwich. Like, it's basic and as crazy as that sounds. Like, well, where'd that come from? But that's life. Like, sometimes we get thrown curveballs. How are you going to react to it? That's my personal so interpretation of it. Though. So he's just kind of like a spontaneous guy. He just likes to, that moment is just like, okay, you're thinking you're planning too much, but just be a little more spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. So you got to work with Donald Glover himself multiple times. Tell us about two things you've learned from him in terms of creativity that you're going to keep with you as an artist. Um, well, just from what I observed, um, it looks like he don't take it that serious. Like it looked like he kind of, he's very level headed from what I saw. I'm, I only got to be around him a couple of times. And just when we did the, uh, I don't know if you saw the seventh episode, but, um, when we did the commercial one, um, yep, hilarious. um, I studied the script, did the script. Like I said, even that one, that was easy. I was like, I immediately knew what to do. But half of the stuff we did wasn't in the script. So I learned to just be spontaneous. It's okay. Because sometimes in my head, things got to go as planned. So just from being around Don, I learned that things don't always have to go as planned. Like, 
don't be afraid to mess up because it could still end up being gold. Because when we were there doing the takes, um, he just threw out that out of nowhere. Everybody started laughing. I'm like, what the heck? He was just like, now say if you want to be smart as a baby dolphin. Now if you now just say, you know, if you want to tell and juice. Like out of nowhere, he was because he was directing that episode. So I was right. like, at first of all, I didn't know he direct. I walk in there, I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I just see him behind the camera, you know, and he gave me like a hug. I like, man, thanks for coming back. Uh, I was like, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Like, what am I supposed to turn it down? First of all, so I was like, I was grateful that he called me back. But he was just randomly throwing out just anything on the fed. It planned to what? Just, like, just say this, say that, say this, say it straight. Um, just say it like, you know, just like whatever. Just say it. Don't basically don't even matter. Just say it this way. You're good. And it was quick, man. It was like real quick. But I, when I saw the finished product, I was like, man, he basically kept everything we pretty much did and of course to the audience it was dope i was like wow that's i learned a lot about television and film that it may seem weird to you but just go with it sometimes you know because yeah, i was yeah. like why am i saying as far as a baby doll for it like what is this about? i was like what, what's going on here I was like but he made it work even it's the portable uh, line even the um the phone call thing that was that was on the fly. I don't know if that was his idea or what, because that came out of nowhere. Uh, uh, someone from FX contacted me. I was like, Emmy, would you mind doing us a favor? I was like, yeah, what is that? It was like, uh, well, you know how you did the commercial? They was like, we just secured a number. And it was like, we think it would be a good idea to have that, like, you leave a voicemail. You leave a voicemail because we think people will actually call that number. I was like, man, that's a good idea. I was like, that's kind of that's kind of funny. So they just sent me another random script. I don't know if you ever called the number. I, I have did actually. It. Yeah, I did it. And uh, next thing, you know, on Vulture.com, they got a big write up about it. I'm like, wow, man, every little thing they do kind of works. Because initially, when I booked that second, or they called me to do that second scene, that was not even in the. That was not even a thought. Like that was, I had no idea that was going to happen. That actually actually called me like. I think a couple months later to do that. I was like, wow, okay. Like, that sounds funny. Let's do it. Where's the message go? Do people actually listen to it or is it just for fun? No, yeah, it's just for fun. Um, just a voicemail, that's it. Yeah, it's no, it doesn't go anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where it's headed myself. Have you called it? I have called it. I, I call that's... it all the time, actually. <laughs> yeah, pretty so... Cool. With with booking this work, um, and for you with your background, you also said that you've been somebody who has struggled with confidence. For somebody who may still be in that place, do you believe that it's something that can be developed for somebody that's struggling with it? Um, confidence? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how many people really have, but I know it's necessary. Like, um, I've, I've always been up to, like, I was in college. I was, like, a college football All-American, but I still battled my confidence like i got my degree still a battle uh even my wife was like man like um she has always had to bear the brunt of it but i i do believe it can be developed but i believe it's something you got to kind of fight through because i have my days it's like um i don't make it seem like it's some type of uh disease or something but um i have my days but i know it's in, it's important and but i know you got to push anyway it's kind of like that person who's afraid to do something you don't just mm -hmm. not, not do it you do it anyway like, I took the task on. I wanted to act. Uh, I wanted to be in front of the camera. I know sometimes I get a little nervous. I get a little, I want to show that kid out there, that person out there, that even if you lack uh, confidence sometimes, uh, you have self-doubt, 
uh, you just got to press on anyway, man. Like you can't let that stop you because even more than my struggle with confidence is the, is the fear of not trying. Like, I don't want to be laying on my deathbed and saying, man, I wish I would have tried that. You know, I, I can't live like that. Like it eats me up inside. Like I gotta, I gotta try. Like I have to do it. Like if something crosses my mind, I gotta try it. Like it, it, that's just me. Like I can't, it overrides everything. You know what I mean? It, it overrides all fears. It overrides any confidence issues or, or anything. But I am learning the more I audition, the more I, I book, uh, the more confident I get, you know, because it's. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you, man. I think regret is one of the worst things anybody could feel. So for sure, I, I agree with you on trying everything. So with that trying, what's one major obstacle that you faced that you persevered through that your confidence has grown through that? You mentioned that you just kept on going to auditions. So is that something that you persevered, just going to auditions, going to auditions until you finally um, crack one? Well, that's that's one. Um, but well, well, I booked uh, a couple more roles before this, but Atlanta was my uh, my uh, biggest one. But some obstacles were to me, it had to do with sports. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest obstacles, and I always tell this story because it was a, it was a turning point in my life. That's when I realized life was really mental. I realized that life is its almost 90%. I mean, my football coach used to always say that, and I thought it was, it was ridiculous. I was like, come on, what do you mean? But now I get it. That's why you see, and I know you're probably around those people who are okay actors. You're like, man, in your mind, you're like, man, that person's not even that good, but the confidence pushes them. Or, or maybe it's a journalist or an athlete or just your average Joe to the naked eye of the average, but they make you believe so much, you just buy into it. That's when I realized that confidence is powerful. Or you might get that person who's absolute genius, a phenomenal at what they do, but there's such a head case, you're like, man, if that person can ever believe in themselves, they're going to kill it. You know what I mean? Like, But that moment for me was when I was in college, um, I was a running back, and I was projected – I, it was two seniors on the team. I was projected to take their position. Actually, I took their position in everything, just through college. I worked real hard, and the coaches were impressed. And in practice, I was just killing it before I even played in the game. I was like a young freshman, sophomore, something like that. But I get in the game, and I don't live up to the hype. You know, I, I, I let the pressure get to me. Um, I freeze up. Uh, I didn't do the things I should have done. So I lose my spot again. I lose the faith of my teammates. Then I come back again because I was like a quote-unquote workout warrior. So I pull myself back into the starting position. And, of course, again, because of lack of confidence and lack of and, uh, self-doubt, because physically I had it all. I was pound for pound, one of the strongest running backs in the country, known for working out hard. So I get in again, and I lose my opportunity. Then finally, my senior year, um, my first game, my dad, my whole family come up to watch me. Finally, it's supposed to be my breakout year. You know, um, the coaches like, yeah, we talked to the NFL scouts. We you know, we told him, if anybody got a chance, it's you. You know, all this crazy stuff. I'm fast and I've ever been. First game, I stank it up. And I'm, I'm telling my dad, Dad, I want to quit, man. This is enough. You know, I just can't do it. I can't live up to it. You know, I, it's not meant for me. He like, son, just stick out the rest of the year. Just don't, don't quit. I was like, all right, I'll stick it out. Second game comes, um, like the first quarter. I'm doing terrible. And I hear the coach. You don't know if he ever hit us. He'd be like, well, I didn't even know that. But I hear the coach say, the head coach, Let's take him out and go with somebody else. But the officer coordinator said, no, let's give him like one or two more. 
Let's give them a couple more minutes. You never know. They don't know I heard them. And then from that point on, I don't know what happened, but I killed it that game. I ended up scoring the game winner. I ended up scoring like two or three touchdowns that game. Had the most yards I ever ran for in college. And I got down on one knee. I just kind of fell out after I won it because he came up to me. How does it feel to win the game winner? So, you know, the coaches shake and I start crying. But they couldn't see it. They just, you know, tapped my image, all right? To this day, I don't know if they even know I was crying, but I was covering my face and I was shocked. And from that day on, I just killed. I had like a record-breaking season. Ended up winning a lot of awards and all this crazy stuff. Had some opportunities to play at the next level. Not NFL, but I worked out for the NFL. But I ended up playing in Europe and some indoor ball. And, and that's when I my confidence kind of built up. You know, That's when I, I overcame that obstacle of self-doubt. And I learned that if you're just willing to take that chance, man, if you're willing to uh, step outside of yourself and, and just get out of your head and just and just trust the process, you know what I mean? Like, trust everything you did. Trust all the film watching. Trust all the reps that you took and just and just go. And, I, and it's the same with acting. You know, trust the process. Trust you did the script right. Trust you did your character analysis right. Trust everything and just go. Like, stop analyzing. Like, that was one of my uh, biggest problems, analyzing and overthinking and and, and, you know, just worrying about failing. I don't know if that made sense. But. No, it makes perfect sense. That's uh, it's beautiful. Um, definitely had moments like that myself. And it's it's encouraging to hear that, you know, other people have or do experience that as well. Um, so in terms of connecting with you further for our audience and listeners, where can people contact you on social media? Um, well, Amy Hunter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Soy legendario, soy uh, soy underscore legendario. Of course, that's Spanish. I just did it for kicks. It means I am legendary. Uh, Instagram. And, uh, How do you spell that? Um, S O Y, and then underscore, and then L E G E N D A R O, and then uh, mm. and then my Twitter is just Emmett I I I. You have man. some, you have some uh, Ahmed White mer- merch I- I've been seeing on the internet. You know where people can buy that? Um, that's T. I think that company is T Public, T E E and Public. I- I- but you may have to Google it. I don't know the. Uh, I don't remember the actual website, but I think it is just www.tpublic.com. And yeah, I just happened to be on the internet. I saw that. I was like, huh? Yeah, get me a, get me some things. You know, I got a T-shirt. I got the uh, phone covers and. I mean, Atlanta whole thing has been an experience, man. Like I knew, um, even that seventh episode when I read the script, uh, the band episode, which they call them one of the top episodes of the uh, season for like any TV show, um, according to some outlets. When I read, I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be hilarious, man!" It's like I don't know where his mind was, but I was like, "Wow," because I guess this this is gold, and I'm just happy to be a part of it, man. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, we hope to see you in season two. Actually, we expect to see you in season two. You've been getting too much shine, too many, you know, too many uh, encouraging responses on Twitter to not be back. You know, we'll, so, man, I we'll see. You know, when I when I finished that uh, episode, um, the seventh episode, that you know, I was like, I know things have changed, which I wasn't expecting. But he was like, you know, he he, he let's just say he he gave me some indications, so. I wouldn't be surprised if I came back season two, but I know he got so much stuff going on and, and I know how writing works. You could say one thing or, 
or feel one thing, but, you know, the storyline could take you another place. So, but, yeah, uh, man. but I want to remain optimistic. Me too, man. I like that character. Like that, the first time I saw you on screen, I, I mentioned this to you before, before the interview, man, that moment, the bite the sandwich moment made me laugh out loud for, for sure. It was hilarious. But you, um, you're an actor as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm an actor. Uh, I've been acting since third grade, but professionally for about seven, seven, eight years now. Oh, wow. Based in New York. Yeah, man. What, what part of New York? I'm living in Inwood right now, so I'm in Manhattan. Okay. okay. I was in the Bronx for a while. Originally from uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay. Which is about an hour outside of the city. Went to school for acting and then came to New York. Oh, man. So you got the advantage. You know the whole, you really know the craft. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You think about coming to New York? I I, I go there a lot. Uh, my dream has always been to live in New York. Uh, I go to Harlem a decent amount. I've been there a few times, maybe about four or five times. I love New York City. Um, I think it's one of the. I was just there last year actually. Um, I did a Samsung commercial there. You know, um, I got some family and friends there too, man. I, I love New York, but it's just so expensive. That's the catch. It is very expensive, man. Um, I actually got into real estate to battle that because I was waiting tables for a while and it just wasn't paying the bills, so I had to do something else. That's a good business to get into, so especially yeah. there, get into the you know start connecting with the right people. Yeah. So, but yeah, you are you working on any projects? I'm not trying to flip the. the oh no no, interview. it's it's just it's all good. Um, I just finished something at the Negro Ensemble Company. Um, it's their 50th anniversary, so I worked with some of the, the greats. You know, you had Charles Weldon, Allie Woods, Count Stavall, a bunch bunch of different people that I worked with, and that was a theater gig. And right now I'm producing and acting in a web series that should be coming out sometime this year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, And, and that's a good idea. The web series thing is a good idea. I, I wish we could get something like that going here because you, you see Insecure with Issa Rae. Uh, that's how it started. Uh, the awkward black girl. I think Donald mm -hmm. did a lot of work, right? Uh, with Derek Comedy. That was, was like a, a web series, I believe, a, a bunch of sketches, at least. So I'm learning that through the internet alone, people can get this big following and then boom. Like, I like what you're doing with the podcast, man. Um, you do? Yeah, I do. That's encouraging, man. I think it's, I think it's brilliant, man. I like the, I like to see the development. I'm like, man, I, I went and looked, I checked it out. I'm like, and just, I'm like, Assuming like the questions are quality, uh, the presentation is. I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to see what it grows into. You know what I mean? So I appreciate this. It's a beautiful thing. I see. I see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? I can see. I can see what this could blossom into, and and the whole concept you got of encouraging others through through other people, kind of you know you know it's just to let them know that they're not alone in this in this battle. Uh, this 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 battlefield of the mind, man. I appreciate that, man. It's been it's not, it hasn't been easy. So anytime I, you know, get an encouraging word, I receive that, man. I thank you hey, for that. Hey, you're brave to me because, like I said, I wouldn't add a confidence to do it. <laughs> you're doing it. Oh, please. Hey, oh, man. Forward, well, you're, you're a guest. Out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Out. And brave on, on faith and just strong. I'm like, that's cool. A lot of people want to do it, wish they could do it. You're doing it. Like, to me, that's admirable. I, I don't know. I like I think it's dope. You know, so I wish you all the best with it, man. I really do. And I hope I made sense. Like, I ramble sometimes. <laughs> I ramble. No, no. You made, you made perfect sense. Um, I'm encouraged by the interview. And if you're ever in New York, you know, just let me know. I'll 
uh, Facebook you my number or whatever, and we can keep in touch for sure. Well, most definitely. All right. Most definitely. Pleasure having you, brother. All right. Thanks, Aaron. That's it for this episode of The Creation Ground. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. Be sure to check out our Instagram for future and previous guest info, and check out our YouTube channel in the show notes below. Email us with any suggestions at thecreationgrounds at gmail.com. And if you got something out of this, I'd really appreciate if you spread the word and the love. Until next time, this is Aaron Lloyd telling you that the sky is the limit. Stay creative.